All right. So I wanted to take a few seconds, Mike, to talk about uh, two ideas which I hold near and dear to my heart and I think are the key, at least part of the key to living a simpler life, and that is final choices and sensible defaults. Um, now, credit goes to my friend Jamie for the idea of, not the idea, but the coining of the term sensible defaults. Mm. Uh, but basically, it goes like this. A final choice is the consumption, purchase of a product, as a for instance, that you know will last a lifetime. And in fact, you're willing to spend just a little bit more um, or even a lot more for the assurance that you'll never have to make that choice again. Right. Can you give us uh, an example at, at this point? Uh, yes. An example of that would be I recently purchased some boots made by a company called Red Wing. Mm -hmm. uh, Red Wing is uh, actually based in Red Wing, Minnesota. So it's something else I believe in. I believe very much in buying locally as much as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, buying everything locally is basically impossible, I think, uh, for the most part. But certainly you can buy a lot of things uh, and maybe even pay a little bit more, but I guarantee you the quality will be so much better by buying them locally. But I digress. It just so happens that Red Wing is a, is a local business, um, or it's about an hour away from here. Um, and uh, Red Wing makes really nice, quality handmade, American-made you know, <laughs> um, boots uh, and shoes, uh, really made for, uh, you know, made for working, made for construction, made, to, made to, to last and to take a beating and to still uh, be in good shape and uh, look good. And they are the sort of boots that um, you're going to pay about, you know, Maybe two hundred to three hundred dollars for yeah, not cheap, not cheap, but with proper care, and you know, luckily because they are a local brand, there's a, quite a few uh, cobblers uh, around uh, around here that uh, can repair and re resole and things like that should it be needed. Uh, but basically. I won't have to buy another pair of, of boots for the rest of my life if I choose not to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they, they, will, they will last me a lifetime. And I never have to think about it again. Um, uh, I actually, I have two pairs of boots that, that uh, fit that criteria for the most part. Um, two lifetimes. My, yeah. Well, <laughs> being that this is Minnesota, uh, I live in Minnesota. <laughs> um, uh, you know the Red Wings are are great, but they're not insulated. 
Um, and so certainly it gets rather, it can get cold enough mm. around here and for snow shoveling and things like that. As opposed to Red Wings, I'll wear um, some L.L. Bean uh, boots uh, that, once again, I'm sure will last uh, as many winters as I'm as I'm uh, as I live to see, uh, and will keep my warm my feet warm and dry while doing it. Um, uh, they're they're just fantastic, and I and I love them, and I they're perfect for for this kind of climate. So that's that's an example of a final choice. Uh, it's the idea that uh, choosing something once and so that you never have to choose it again, as opposed to choosing something of inferior quality that you'll have to you know replace every so often. Uh, it's a lot of cognitive surplus to walk around with and to to think about, you know, oh, you know, these boots have a rip in them. I'm going to have to get a new pair. You know, how many times do you want that to appear on your task list throughout your life? You know, and maybe it's okay with you to spend, you know, $50 on a pair of boots now and four years later, $50 to replace them and another 50, you know what I mean? Maybe that's okay. Uh, But for me, you know, for me, and especially with where I live, I, w- I want to make that choice once and hopefully never have to make it again, hmm. unless something catastrophic happens. So that's a uh, final choice. Uh, sensible default is uh, the final choice's um, cousin, as it were. <laughs> and uh, I- I'll get at that by telling a, a little story. My, uh, I have a good friend. I won't name names, uh, but he goes to the same restaurant every Wednesday night and has for years, years and years and years. He always orders exactly the same thing and always has. And it's to the point now where they know about what time he usually shows up and pretty much before he even walks in the door, they start preparing his meal. <laughs> so that he comes in and he sits down and the waitress just, you know, doesn't come over to take his order or whatever, just brings him his food, brings him his drink, and he's good to go. You know, sure, they chat, you know, the share pleasantries or whatever, but... He doesn't. He never has to think about what to order, and he never has to waste time having that conversation. Mm-hmm. And even if the waitress were to change uh, to someone new, you know, uh, they're gonna get a new waiter. You know, the new waiter you know would be told pretty much by the cooks. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. Oh, that's Michael. Don't worry. We know what he's getting. Here you go. And and it's that kind of sensible default. Uh, that on one hand may sound, oh God, that's crazy and that's boring or whatever, but I'll tell you, he knows at least one meal a week. He never has to decide. He never has to think about it. He just shows up and there it is. Uh, and Because it's a sensible default. Um, others of us have other sensible defaults. I would say that people who are dedicated Mac users have a sensible default. That sensible default is they're going to buy a Mac when they buy yep. their next computer. You know, uh, and that the very act of being a Mac user allows us to make such a sensible default. Imagine trying to make a sensible default with Windows, <laughs> with the myriad of, of possible manufacturers and choices, right? I mean, literally, 
you know a thousand different combinations and that's just from dell you know yeah i mean it's 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 you know i mean it'd be crazy making to have to try to have a sensible default in that environment because it's so regimented you'd be like right i want my sensible default is the consumer all-in-one from apple and if you look back from the introduction of the, the Macintosh from now, you will know that it is a standard level of quality. The all-in-one is what you get. So that will take you up to the IMAX now. Yeah. And, and even within there, you may say, and I did this for a while, that my sensible default was always the mid-range line of any, or the mid-range choice of any of their product lines. Yep. Because... Uh, for the most part, up until very recently, it was always three. There was a low-end model, there was a middle model, and there was a high-end model. Yeah. And though you could custom configure from there, you had a base low-end, a base middle, and and a base top. And I would always go with the base middle. And the reason being is because the base middle, to me, in my opinion, and to my eyes, was always the sweet spot between... Yeah what you got performance-wise and what you got cost-wise, right? That you got the most bang for your buck at the mid-range level, you know? And that the high end was for those who really, really needed it, and the low end for those who really couldn't afford anything else. And so, you know, even, even my sensible defaults, even within Apple, you know, had further refinement so that I could... You know, I want to buy a laptop. I want to buy a pro laptop. I know which model I'm getting. I don't have to think about it. I just click the button and buy. But I think that from what James was saying is that because in the final choices, choices it's all about, um, not all about, but it tends to err on the side of expensive quality items because it's something that will last you. And with the sensible defaults, there can be small things like a Kurutoga mm-hmm. is your pencil. Mm-hmm. That's, my That's pencil. the pencil you use. Yep. So it's not necessarily about something that's quality, but it's something that you're used to, um, yeah. that you know that if you lost, you just go buy another one, and that's cool, because you've probably got another four at home anyway. Right, and and that you've already kind of done the decision-making and the testing once to figure out, okay, this is what makes, this is what is right for me, and so now I don't have to, I don't have to think about anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's... You know, and I think that that's the real the real goal behind a lot of this kind of, you know, and I'm putting air quotes around this minimalism and simplicity and uh, and all of that is the idea of of relieving yourself of the burden of choice and the burden of of having to make certain decisions through things like final choices and sensible defaults and that when you free up your mind to not have to think about those things you have the freedom to put more cognitive uh, thought into the things that you really love and you really are interested in and that are not a burden and you're not having to think about and you know, I think that that's ultimately the goal for me. The goal for me is, you know, how much in my life can I can I just know and not have to think about. 
and not have to carry around. So that sounds pretty zen that, to me. That idea. It it is. Um, it, there's definitely a basis in that. Um, there's a basis in my, you know, my my Buddhist philosophical beliefs. Uh, the idea that that uh, you know such choice is really just another form of worry, um, and that worry is the root of all suffering, um, and that the way to cessate suffering, to end suffering, is to is really through mindfulness, and that mindfulness is about alleviating that worry, right? Um, and worry comes from worry almost never comes from the present you know because in the present one can take action one can one can uh, change and one can affect all right um and any energy that you may be putting into worry in the present is better directed at change but things like the future things like the past are things that we can't change they are what they are and we will meet them when we meet them or we'll leave them behind when they're ready to be left behind and since we can't change either either of those things then we must focus on what is present and what is right here and now and the more of these choices I have to make, and the more of this uh, the stuff I have to carry around, and the more of uh, the 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 more I'm I'm burdened uh, with both both physically and psychologically, the less effective I am at directing my energy that I have right now towards change. And you know for. For someone like me, that's that's a huge, um, it's, it's, it's life-changing. Like, I don't, and we can get into this in another podcast episode, but it can get into some fairly personal stuff. But, I mean, I really do, this belief process literally has changed my life, has saved my life. That I may not be here today if not for this. I want to talk and, about this. Yeah, this is yeah going we can on talk the list. about that. Mm. Okay, yeah, we can put this on the list uh, because this is something I've I've written about here and there in the past, and I've hinted towards, um, but uh, it's you know it's difficult. You know, some stories are difficult to tell, um, except through words. Um, yeah, actual spoken words. So, uh, but. I, I just want, I guess the takeaway from this is think about this. The next time you have uh, you have a choice to make, you have a decision um, that you have to make, think to yourself whether or not, I mean, even something as simple as what sandwich to order, think to yourself, can this be a sensible default? Can, you know, can I, can I relieve myself of choices in such a way that I always know what I'm going to, what I'm going to order at this particular establishment or or so that, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I I, I mean, like sensible though, defaults with food because I I have I have quite crazy dietary requirements. So for yeah. me, if I know I like something and it's good for me, why why not just keep going back to that? I've yeah. got not got any risk involved then. Right, 
Right. And uh, I would imagine in some ways your, your, your strict dietary requirements drove you towards these sensible choices and, and, and limited your choices, mm-hmm. right? I can't eat this. I'm allergic to that. And so, therefore, my only option is, is this. And now that you know that that's your only option, guess what? You never have to think about this, which you may kill you, and this, which will make <laughs> you fat ever again, you know? Um, you know, I, I think that there's some value in that. It's, you know, uh, in some ways I envy uh, those who are vegetarians because, <laughs> you know, almost any restaurant they walk into, there's maybe two or three choices on the menu versus <laughs> versus 30 or 40, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and I think that there's some value there. So, so if I but could we'll, just we'll, have a quick note before we wrap this one up. Yeah. Um, in episode five, we were talking about um, the podcasting process, and I said that I would write something. Um, I've started a, a little blog. Um, oh, which yeah, is, we should talk about that. Which it's currently at, um, as of recording, it's at, uh, I think it's. It's podcastingprocess.tumblr.com, but it will be at thepodcastingprocess.com by the time that you hear this. Um, And it's basically, I'm just trying to chronicle my ideas and tips towards starting a podcast, but also as well the processes that I'm going through um, whilst getting to here. Um, And and I think, you know, I think I've got my own URL wrong, which is amazing. (laughs) It's all right. Um, I will. I will get back to you on that one in one second. No, we'll 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 put it in the show notes for yeah. sure. But but yeah, anyone who's interested in podcasting should should not only check out that episode that we recorded, um, which I've gotten plenty of feedback on, and and everyone you know was very thankful for it. Um, but should definitely check out uh, this, uh, this podcasting blog, project. This there you go. Pod, you can tell me only a couple of posts in. So it's, the, uh, pod, it's podcastingproject.tumblr.com and we'll yeah. soon be thepodcastingproject.tumblr.com. Uh, the, past, the podcastingproject.com. It'll <laughs> be in the go. show notes. There you yeah, you we'll, we'll have it in the show notes. But it's it's fantastic. And anyone Thank who, you. who is at all interested in this stuff should check it out because it's chock full of, of useful information. Because really, people who as we discussed in that episode people who have done this before think it's magic i know i did <laughs> i thought it i thought i thought it was some bit of magic that you know uh that i would never know how to do so uh definitely that that's worth checking out thank and you as always if you like some of the stuff that we're talking about if you like uh even this episode please go to itunes rate it uh, those little stars mean things. Yep. Feel free to send me email and feedback or Mike um, uh, on Twitter. Uh, we're uh, you know, I'm Patrick Roan on Twitter, and and uh, Michael is I Mike on Twitter. M Y K E. Yeah. Um, and uh, we we love it. We welcome it. We need to hear it. Uh, and. Uh, you know, we'd be incredibly grateful uh, if you gave us a positive review uh, on iTunes. Uh, it would be it would be worth uh, its weight and words and words are gold. Exactly. So, so it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, so thanks again for listening. Yeah, and uh, thanks a lot, Mike, for uh, for joining me. And uh, we'll talk later. We'll do, mate. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>